Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The next branch of Iman is veneration and respect for the Quran al-Kareem. Ta'zim al-Quran, to <coughs> view the Quran al-Kareem as azim, to respect it, to venerate it, to give it its right as is its due, is part of the Iman of a Muslim. Imam Bihaqi writes that the veneration of the mighty Quran is done by learning it, by teaching it, by memorizing it, by respecting and obeying its laws and teachings, and knowing from it what is permissible and what is forbidden, and also by honoring those who understand it and those who have memorized it, and by making oneself aware of Allah's promises and threats which inspire weeping. Allah Taala said in the Qur'an, had we sent this Qur'an down upon a mountain, you would have seen it humbled, rent asunder from the fear of Allah. And another verse, assuredly it is a generous Qur'an, Qur'an al-Kareem, in a book can hidden which none touches save the purified, a revelation from the Lord of the worlds. In another verse, had it been possible for a Qur'an to cause the mountains to move, or the earth to be torn asunder, or the dead to speak, but Allah's is the whole command. The Prophet said in the hadith that is narrated in Bukhari on the authority of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan anhu, The best of you is he who learns and teaches the Qur'an. He also said, as reported by Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Musa al-Ashari ta'ala an, Hold fast constantly to this Qur'an, for by him in whose hand lies the soul of Muhammad wasallam, it escapes from one more easily than does a camel from its hobbling cord. They also relate in the following hadith on the story of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah that envy is permissible only in respect of two men. One whom Allah gives this book and who stands reciting it day and night and one whom Allah gives wealth which he spends in charity day and night. And finally in the collection of Muslim he relates on the authority of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that truly this, through this book Allah exalts some people and abases others. So having a deep ta'aluk with the Qur'an al-Kareem in this month of Ramadan, uh, this is the month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, Shahrul Ramadan, Allah the unzil fihu Qur'an, that this is the month in which the Qur'an al-Kareem has been revealed, has been descended. This is a month in which we try to increase our ta'aluk with the Qur'an in each and every way that is mentioned here. By learning it, right? By studying it, by learning to recite it, by learning to recite it properly, by reciting it with tajweed, by learning it, by studying its tarjama, its tafsir under a qualified scholar, by respecting its teachings, which means by living according to the Qur'an al-Kareem. When you read something in the Qur'an, our niyat should be, even when you read it without understanding, if you pick up the Qur'an al-Kareem these days and read it in Arabic, you should still make the niyat that Allah subhanahu I'm reading the Arabic Qur'an with a niyat that my heart submits to it. I might not need to know the meanings of it to be able to submit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can put those states in my heart of fear for you, love for you, reliance upon you, patience, without me necessarily knowing what I mean. This is the power of niyyah. So our niyyah should always be that we want to understand it and imbibe it and follow it. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever you have mentioned in it that is obligatory, let me treat it verily as an obligation in my life. Whatever you have prohibited, let me free from it as I would free from the fire in my life. 
and then honoring those who understand the Qur'an, honoring those who memorize the Qur'an, because a person who is a hafiz of the Qur'an is a living mus'af. He is a living copy of the Qur'an. So just the way you do adab of the textual book of the Qur'an, the same way you would do adab of a person who is a hafiz, because the Qur'an is inscribed in his heart and in his memory. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in these different ayat the power of the Qur'an al-Kareem. And other verses not mentioned here, Allah has mentioned the Qur'an al-Kareem is thaqeel. It is heavy, it is weighty upon a person. And a person needs to build up their zarf, their capacity, their heart, their ability to read, to understand and to do amal on the Qur'an al-Kareem. So that is a dua we should make in this month. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you have said in your Qur'an that this is such a weighty thing that even the mountains would have refused to bear it. I am a za'if, I am a weak insan. Allah, I ask you to give me the strength, the zarf, the capacity, the wus'a to bear and to handle and do amal on this Qur'an al-Kareem. Here the next verse mentions clearly that only the people who are of tahara can touch the Qur'an al-Kareem. Unfortunately, there are some Muslims today who seem to suggest that you do not need to have wudu to touch the Qur'an al-Kareem. That is an incorrect position. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is mentioning in the Qur'an al-Kareem that tahara is a shart for even touching the Qur'an al-Kareem. The Qur'an al-Kareem is so azim that even the cover that has nisbat with it, the binding, the binding itself is not on the hukum of the Qur'an. There may not be any verse of the Qur'an al-Kareem written on the binding. But due to its nisbat, its ittisal, due to its connection with the Arabic Qur'an al-Kareem, the same hukum applies to the cover of the Qur'an that a person may not touch it without wudu. But another thing that is being referred to in this ayah is that a person's heart, only that heart will be able to touch the ma'ani and the ma'arif of the Qur'an, but that person's heart who is pure, batani taharat, internal purity. This is how Allah subhanahu wa begins his Qur'an al-Kareem by saying, al-Muttaqeen. This is a book of hidayah, but it's going to give hidayah to somebody who has adopted the path of taqwa, who wants to get hidayah from the Qur'an al-Kareem. So we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa this month, that Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us people of taqwa, make us people of tahara, so that we too are able to get this hidayah from the Qur'an al-Kareem. Then the Prophet said, the best of you is the one who learns and teaches the Qur'an. That is quite clear that the Qur'an is the most azim thing. This can be many ways. Teaching the Qur'an can be done by teaching qaida, by teaching tajweed, by teaching hifz, by teaching the ma'ani of the Qur'an, by giving a dars that is explaining the teachings of the Qur'an. There are many ways to do that and then equally there are many ways of learning the Qur'an al kareem as well. And most amazingly, this next surah, this next hadith, sorry, hold fast to the Qur'an, and the Prophet swears in, in this very powerful way that he used to swear. I swear in the name of that being in whose hand lies the soul of Muhammad Mustafa He would say this about himself, that the Qur'an leaves, escapes one more easily than does a camel from its hobbling cord from the tie that binds it. The Qur'an escapes from us. In other words, we read it a little bit, but we're not able to do amal on it. We memorize a little bit, but we forget it, right? We, the Qur'anic teachings need to be refreshed, need to be revived, need to be bound. That is what taqwa. Taqwa is that core that binds the hidayah of the Qur'an firmly on our heart. And because we don't lack taqwa, then the hidayah of the Qur'an escapes from us very easily. Like the way a camel who's loosely tied will simply walk away from, his, from the place that he was tied at. This notion of envy, this is actually ghibta, this is not hasan. The Arabic word here is ghibta. Ghibta means to have a hasrat, as you would say in Urdu. To have a desire to have something that somebody else has without wishing them to be diminished in any way. 
So we should have ghibta for two people, the Prophet said, number one, the person whom Allah gives this book. And the words here are fascinating, not the one who's memorized it. The book has been given to her. That means he has imbibed this book, his amal, his life has become the Qur'an al-Kareem. And therefore he's able to recite it with reflection and with meaning day and night. And the second person whom Allah Ta'ala has given wealth, and he spends of that wealth in charity day and night. Finally, the Prophet said that through this book, Allah Ta'ala exalts some and lowers others. Allah Ta'ala Himself has said in the Qur'an al-Kareem, يُذِلُّ بِهِ Allah Akbar And yahdi bihi That Allah Ta'ala will misguide people bihi through this Qur'an. And Allah will guide people through this Qur'an. And some of us are even wondering, why did Allah say yudhillu first? <laughs> are there going to be more people that are misguided from the Qur'an than those that are guided? So it means, how can you become misguided from the Qur'an? If you approach the Qur'an without that shart of taqwa, then the Qur'an will not be a hidayah, but the Qur'an will maybe be a dhalala. If you approach the Qur'an not from the basis of ilm, but on the basis merely of our aql, we will be misguided. Right? And so it's very important to remember that and to have a very humble approach to the Qur'an and ask Allah subhanahu wa to bestow upon us from His own self the proper understanding of the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa give us a ta'luk with the Qur'an, a haqiqi, ma'navi, asli ta'luk with the Qur'an al-Kareem and may He make it a means of increasing, reforcing and saving our iman. Wa akhirah da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.